Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. How are you? Good morning, Anna. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm looking forward to the holidays. Ah, yes. Here we are again, huh? Yes. Can you believe it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we ended our last conversation talking about how a kind, loving world is up to each one of us to create by living from the best and best version of ourselves one day at a time. I've been giving that a great deal of thought and realized that we haven't talked about forgiveness. I mean, you know, we all make mistakes, overstep boundaries, react badly, and others do things that are hurtful and demeaning as well. How do we get beyond the feelings of guilt, anger, resentment, and animosity that ensue when we experience painful situations? Well, Anna, you're right. You know, and we've touched upon the the, um, the ingredients necessary for relationships to be healthy, which means that we have to be healthy, you know, and we have to be operating from self-awareness and basic trust in ourselves, you know, self-respect, self-compassion. And we have to be able to continue to hone the skills of open, honest, heartfelt communication. Now, we've also looked at different types of relationships and what we must do to nurture them and what we can do to re- what we can can realistically expect from them as well. Yes, and we also touched upon family dynamics and the pain and sorrow of dysfunction and toxicity in those relationships. We all know from personal experience how easy it is to get stuck in the negative, the drama, the walking on eggshells. It can suck the life right out of us. Yes, you know, so true. You know, and that's why I wholeheartedly agree that we're, we're ready to follow the thread of your question of where does forgiveness fit in? You know, you know, all of us have experienced being hurt by someone. Maybe we've received unfair treatment or criticism or, or betrayal or, gosh, had our hearts broken in any number of ways by probably a variety of people. You know, and in the aftermath, we so often continue to stay in our sense of injury and relive the event and the reactivity repeatedly in our thoughts and feelings, you know, so it keeps us in the pain and the hurt and the anger and the resentment, the fear, keeps it all alive. And as we so often said, Anna, the body believes everything we think. So as we replay the painful encounter, our body assumes it's, it's happening again. You know, another painful assault that triggers the necessary arsenal of hormones and adrenaline which really protect us by fending off the enemy attack. Remember, it's that fight, flight, freeze reaction. You know, in this ongoing stress response, deteriorates our health and our immune system and our sense of well-being. You know, the good news is that there's a way out. And you're right. Forgiveness is that path. Yet it very well may not be, you know, what we think it is. No, we're in for another shakeup, I can tell. (laughs) Yes. Yes, because as I think about forgiveness and what is meant in my life, I might want to move forward with the situation, but continue to pull back into reactivity because others may not be at the same place or maybe continuing to do hurtful things. It's very frustrating. Well, and you're making a good point again, Anna. You know, let's talk about what forgiveness is and what it's not. You know, in forgiveness, in, in, in thinking about forgiveness and considering it, you know, I always think of, of a quote that's attributed to a 
English poet, Alexander Pope, who lived in the 18th century. And he said, to err is human, to forgive is divine. And this suggests that as human, we're prone to making mistakes. You know, and that's, that's no news to us, right? We fumble, we do mean self-serving things, you know, and often operate far below the best version of ourselves. You know, we're not perfect. And to forgive is an imitation of divine mercy. You know, it really is our true and highest nature. So in real time, this is the collaboration of our best and highest selves and that power greater than ourselves to do the right thing. You know, we've pointed to this repeatedly this past year, this coming together of our, the best version of ourselves for the greater good. Yeah, yes, we have, Dr. Jane, for this has been a centerpiece on our conversations. Yes. You know, and Anna, forgiveness is a conscious choice to show up and turn toward our grievance and commit to letting it go. You know, and in doing this initial peace, we're consciously choosing peace over reactivity. And forgiveness has that potential to change our life, but it doesn't mean that we deny the past or that the person, you know, that we have the grievance with is ever going to change. You know, it means that we're ready to face the pain and the heartache and let go of the anger, let go of the resentment and any other emotional pain that we're experiencing in conjunction with the injury. So it's important to know that forgiveness is a process. It's not that one and done phenomena. The process really operates at the level of a felt sense. So it's not just thinking about it. It's not cognitive and conceptual. You know, we can't effort it to make it happen. You know, and, and we'll discuss this process in, in due time. But for now, let's continue to unwrap the fallacies of forgiveness. So to start with, you know, forgiveness is about us. It's not about the other party. It's about the grievance and what I need to own my own part. You know, the choices I've made that may have enabled the behavior. Maybe it's taking a long, hard look at my reactivity and how I've fueled it. You know, we're also not assuming necessarily full responsibility for the indiscretion, but we are owning our part. You know, no shaming or blaming. We're merely unpacking the incident, starting with the facts and then recognizing how we've interpreted the facts and how it has set our emotions aflame. You know, this, this is a very personal inventory, and it moves us out of the victim role and into a position of power. Not power over anyone else, but the power to choose to let go. This is so important. There can be such a pull to continue to frame the other, blame them or us. Surely this can keep us stuck in the grievance. Well, it happens, you know, and, and, and we must stay in the commitment. You know, this is so important because it, it's the reason we have to stay in the commitment to let go of the grievance. You know, we can't change the past and what has happened. We can't change the other person. They may have shown us the truth about themselves, and we need to recognize this and take it into consideration for future interactions. You know, it's kind of like saying to them, you know, thank you for showing me your truth. You know, now I'm well advised, you know, and just letting it be. Because forgiveness is really not about justice. It's not seeking justice or withholding justice, you know, and 
Forgiveness is not about reconciliation. There's no agenda necessarily to make things work out. We're accepting the truth, accepting what happened, but refusing to live in the past. You know, and forgiveness is is also not about pardoning or excusing a wrongdoing. No, it's it's like the wrongdoer isn't really part of the forgiveness equation. I can see where some people might think that it's letting them get away with their unacceptable behavior, almost like condoning their insults and injuries. Well, you're right, Anna. People often mistakenly assume that acceptance is about condoning unacceptable behavior, which is really the furthest uh, from the truth of the matter. Acceptance operates on the premise that we really, again, can't control people, places, or things. And it's important to know that acceptance, like so many other tenets that we bring into our conversations, is not done in our thinking, our solely in our thinking, our cognitive conceptual processes. It's true that, that we talk about it and describe it, you know, or explain it, but these are only ways that we're pointing in the direction of acceptance. You know, I often use the analogy um, of learning how to ride a bike. You know, we can read about it, we can talk about it, you know, someone may describe the process, but until I put my tush on the seat and my hands on the handlebars and my feet pushing the pedals, I'm not riding a bike. It's the same with acceptance. You know, we first must step into the space of present moment awareness with our grievance and recognize the negative pull, recognize the ugliness of it, see it for what it is, and refuse to fuel it with any justifications, any excuses or self-righteous indignation. You know, we kind of sit in what's happening, what is. In fact, I call this the isness of the situation. You know, and and by being with what is, we recognize our powerlessness over people, places, and the past. And we're also choosing to let go of it over and over again. Why? Because our freedom is at stake. We're prisoners of the grievance and we want to be set free. Oh, we certainly do. And so we're in present moment awareness thanks to our ability to step off the train of our thoughts that runs 24-7. And we're staying with the troubling thoughts without fanning the flames of reactivity. We want to see the grievance clearly. Yes. Yes. We turn toward our discomfort, that discomfort of the grievance. And we're really saying, you know, this is what it is. This is what's happening now. We go to our breath and breathe steadily, allowing that observer part of our consciousness to really take a long, hard look at our thoughts and our emotions in a very neutral way, without any judgment or criticism, really letting ourselves have the experience without fueling the hurt, without fueling the reactivity. And then we may notice where the reactivity is impacting our body. Breathe into those regions of our body, you know, holding the truth of our grievance with kindness and compassion and allowing, allowing the movement and release of the negative emotions. You know, emotions are meant to move through us. And this is the way that we allow that release. We're not pretending that it didn't happen. It happened and it hurt. And we're no longer willing to let it eat up the quality of our life. We're not going to forget what happened or deny the feelings. Yet we choose peace, which requires that we move on. 
This is the choice to release the negative feelings, which calls upon great inner strength. This is the territory of our best and highest self. Yes, all of this brings us to the doorway of forgiveness, right? Yes, that's right, Anna. You know, it starts with a conscious choice, and then we can begin to engage in the process of forgiveness, which comes in stages. You know, it takes time, commitment, and as I said, it's not cognitive and conceptual. It requires our felt sense, that emotional sensory dimension, which is connected to our intuition, our wisdom, our best and highest self. You know, we engage in this with an open heart and a willingness to free ourselves for the greater good of all. Dr. Jane, it's much more involved than I ever imagined and clearly is not about the person we're forgiving. It's about us right here, right now, wanting to be free from the torture of the grievance and have the capacity to focus on the positives in our life and in the future. I was just thinking, what if the person we need to forgive is us? Well, how about that, Anna? Yes. And and in my estimation, the hardest person to forgive is oneself. You know, we're more likely to become trapped in our guilt and shame, you know, to invest energy in, and it is a kind of a punishment for our wrongdoing. You know, our, our focus on feeling miserable can, can keep us from being responsible or repairing the wrongs or, or finding right action. You know, and, and sometimes we take a victim stance. You know, I'm such a loser. I deserve to be miserable. And this can spill over into our relationships. You know, I'm suffering and my misery, my misery loves company. You know, we make ourselves sick and sometimes want to engage or, or have everyone join in. Oh, my goodness. That, that sounds like such a trap and an energy drain. Well, you're right. And that's why our present moment awareness is so helpful. We have an opportunity in the moment to see what we're doing and possibly make a decision that enough already. You know, we don't have to be stuck or stay stuck if that's where we find ourselves. The choice is to release the negative. And we begin to do this by seeing our grievance for what it is. You know, we might choose to, to talk about it with a trusted friend or a therapist. We can write about it, write our thoughts and feelings. You know, journal work can be powerful in releasing, you know, any kind of negative activity. The key is to be honest. Let's not minimize what happened or our reaction to it, you know, and then it's about beginning the acceptance process. This is, this is the truth of the matter. No judgment or criticism past cannot be changed. You know, it's about seeing the imperfection of life as we know it and holding ourselves and the entire forgiveness process in compassion because forgiveness is a process. You know, it isn't about willpower or particular words. It's the experience of, of being with the painful truth and living in a commitment to release the negative feelings and thoughts that continue to fuel the pain. You know, it's an ongoing process that becomes a practice, Anna, you know, a practice to live from our best and highest selves for the greater good of all. Wow. This is such a deep and important commitment to choose freedom from pain. That's so right, Anna. You know, and for that reason, I think that for now, we've probably covered enough territory I'd like to pick up here in our next conversation. And in the meantime, take some of the suggestions to heart and see where it takes us. You know, talk about our grievances. Talk about the feelings. You know, write about them. 
you know, look at all sides of the situation and and the accompanying reactivity, always using our present moment awareness as the platform for our self-discovery. And in addition, I suggest practicing a daily loving kindness meditation. This is the meta meditation that we have so often referred to, correct? That's right. You know, this practice stirs both our compassion for others, but also self-compassion. Dr. Jean, I think it would be helpful if we run through the sequence since it's been a while. That sounds great, Anna. So we want to start by finding a comfortable position, sitting or lying down. You know, and remember, this can be done with our eyes opened or closed. But obviously, if you're operating a vehicle, eyes open, you know, will be most important. It's actually an imperative, you know, or wait until you can be in a, in a stopped position, okay, where you're safe. So we begin by moving our attention to the breath, in-breath and out-breath, and we're not looking to be in a rush. Just let the rhythm of the breath be just as you find it. Easy inhales, easy exhales. Noticing the body's response to this kind of focused breathing. Always allowing things to be just as you find them. Noticing the thoughts and feelings arising. Just coming back to your breath. We like to do this just to kind of settle ourselves, kind of ground ourselves. And then we move our attention to the phrases of the loving kindness. And I'll say each phrase, and with each, allow them to drop within yourselves, like pebbles into a deep well. And we always start with ourselves. May I be free from suffering. Just allow that to drop deeply within. Let it cascade to the depths of us. May I be as healthy and happy as I can be. Again, no rush, letting it drop in deeply. May I have ease of being. And once that's settled, we want to move our loving kindness to all of our loved ones. May they be free from suffering. May they be as healthy and happy as they can be. May they have ease of being. And then moving our loving kindness to strangers. Might be that clerk in the grocery store. or that person you saw walking in the mall. May they be free from suffering. 
May they be healthy and happy. May they have ease of being. Now moving to those people that we find difficult. Maybe the person of your grievance. And with an open heart, we send loving kindness. May they be free from suffering. May they be healthy and happy. May they have ease of being. Now moving our loving kindness to all living beings in our communities and around the world. May they be free from suffering. May they be healthy and happy. May they have ease of being. And let's allow ourselves to hold this field of loving kindness and breathe with it. Take a couple nice, easy breaths. Breathing with the loving kindness you've given yourselves and that you've sent out to loved ones and strangers and difficult people and around the world. And when you're ready, return your focus to yourself and your immediate environment. And let's be open to doing this practice at least once daily, you know, or if we find ourselves triggered with any negative reactivity, be open to practicing it more frequently. I love the loving kindness meditation, Dr. Jane. I do too, Anna. It's just, this is an amazing start on a very difficult path. I think it's worth our freedom. (laughs) Oh, yes, Anna. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Until our next conversation.